Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. And I'm Claire. Yay! Hello, Claire. <laughs> Claire has joined us despite me putting her horribly on the spot uh, on last week's episode. Um, it was just one, I, it struck me as a really good idea. I thought, do you know what? If we're covering that, Claire would love it, but I should probably have been a bit more discreet and not just shouted across the whole podcast. <laughs> Oi! Claire, we don't. Right. I've been watching most of them anyway, so that's what I figured. Yeah. I thought these are, these are your like your niche of. I know you like something yeah. that's not too scary and something that you can lovingly rip the shit out of. And I thought, absolutely, this is right up your alley. I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Obviously, we'll get into it in a bit, but the um, anthologies of are my bag. I'm learning that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've they've grown on me. They are yeah. Don't understand good. why there aren't more. Everything should be anthologies. They're just incredible. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, it is weird because you don't get it in many other genres. It's only really horror that seems to sort of go for it. I mean, something like Pulp Fiction hmm. is kind of an anthology. Yeah. Hmm. That's the nearest. That's you a get fair to point, actually. Yeah. I'm sure that probably was one of the first ones I saw, and that probably did make it quite unique at the time. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Oh. <laughs> right, so uh, before we get into this evening, any of this evening's events, um, we have a bit of an announcement to make. Um, it, so it's good news and bad news. Uh, bad news is we will not be doing Welcome to Horror every week and we will be going back to a fortnightly format. Um, but the good news is that we are doing a side project in that in between weeks so we'll still be giving you something in your feed every week um but it will not be horror as this was adam's idea um and it's genius and he will be he running is. the show we i will hand over to him to tell you all about it adam right well yes so hopefully yeah hopefully people will enjoy this what we're doing is we're doing a uh little series called moss Eisley happy hour and uh, yeah, as that name would probably immediately let people know, it, we're just going to do Star Wars. It and, comes and up. how much scum and villainy will there be? <laughs> a ton and a half. <laughs> it should be brimming, brimming with scum and villainy. That's what I'm. Lee will be there. It'll be like it'll be like <laughs> it'll be like wading through poo and wasps. It'll be really <laughs> horrible. But um, yeah, so we're going to do we're going to do uh, obviously. So we're going to do the complete Star Wars as it stands, and we're going to do it in universe chronology. I suppose is the way mm. of putting it, or mm. you know, like the or the fictional chronology of it. So sorry, folks, that does mean we start with the Phantom Menace, but then from there oh. things can only get it better. Just gets better. Yeah, okay. you no, know, that's true. <laughs> um, and yeah, if we're not, and I think you know, we bring it up so much on the show. That maybe we can exorcise our our Star Wars needs. Um, how how many years has it been now since the Phantom Menace? Oh, what's that? Ninety six? No, no, no. It's got to be ninety eight. I would have thought, or ninety seven. Oh, yeah. yeah. You'd think we should be getting some way to to get no, over it by now. We are still sore about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's one of it's just one of those poor things. But I mean, this is this is something that we'll be saving for the show. So that, there you go. There's something for the listeners to look forward to: the sound of abject misery as we 
<laughs> pick apart of the co- the corpse of uh, the Phantom Menace. Can I also just say that, and it is kind of Star Wars related, that uh, Carrie Fisher is a bitch, a boss bitch. I won't say bitch, I mean good. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. four years since she died today, so. Yeah, is it? Four years. Wow, Long that... live the memory of her. Yeah. yeah. She's my hero, I love her. Long live General mm. Lyon. She's just incredible. She is one of those. It's funny because it's her and Mark Hamill were very similar in that way. Of, yeah. Awesome on stream, awesome off stream. Yeah. 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 Just incredible human beings. Oh. At 1999, so, The Phantom Menace. Mm. Nah, there we go. So 21 years, which probably, less, if it's 99, that, that it would have been like sort of 20 odd years since the original trilogy, essentially, that they came out. Yeah. So and it's then a again, so twenty yeah. years from that to that, and then twenty years from that to us launching our podcast, which is going to mm-hmm. piss all over the seventy-five thousand <laughs> other Star Wars podcasts that are out there. <laughs> yeah, we do know this. Uh, we we apologise. Moss Eisley Happy Hour is a name that we all came to agree that we actually liked, but was also like the bit of shit that stuck to a wall when you see quite how many Star Wars podcasts are out there, obviously. So no matter, you know, it can be like, what was that line that that guy farted to that other bloke in <laughs> Clone Wars and some fuckers got it as their name? So, yeah, yeah. we so, go through about 20 of Adam going, what about this? And I Google it and go, no. How about, yeah. no. This is so And they were some fantastic Nobody ideas. Yeah. Are you going to be doing um, an Ask Moss Eisley Happy Hour? I suppose, yeah, that that would be another one to say. I suppose, yeah. Uh, I mean, we might have to shorten that to M H H or something. Yeah. Uh, no, M E H M E H H. Yeah. Perhaps just say it. That's taking quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I've just I've just realised that the initials of our podcast spell mess. So there you yeah. go. That, that bodes well for everyone's reactions, doesn't it? And that tells you everything you need to know about the Moss Eisley happy hour. Um, yes, but, I mean, we should be... I mean, that's the good thing. Once that's so... What is it? We're, I mean, we're not going to go mad. It'll be like basically the theatrical films. So yeah. we might... I mean, I don't... I wouldn't mind covering The Mandalorian, but equally... I'm probably not sitting through Clone Wars. More, I think that's fair. I know. agree with that. And we're definitely, definitely not doing the Ewok movies. Nope. Mostly because they've been covered quite extensively by uh, Not For Everyone. So. Yeah, and we hate movies. And everybody who intentionally covers really shit films um, have all covered yeah. them far more than we need to discuss, I think. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, so so it will be the nine chapters, uh, Solo and Rogue One mm. are basically the the ones we'll be covering. Um, if if things if things work well, if people are enjoying it, and I you know we hope you do, obviously, um, maybe we'll go. Maybe we'll stretch to a holiday special, but that's about as far as I'm willing to go. Oh. You could review Star Wars toys that you got as kids. We will be doing that as part of the films, I would imagine, oh, anyway. Yeah. That will mm. be... <laughs> I imagine that will just be covered in the thing. Mm. But, yeah, I mean... But we On that note, thinking, yeah. talking of your Star yeah, Wars toys...
Oh, Lee. Very nice. Got to have a lightsaber at the ready, right? <laughs> it's more elegant than a blaster. <laughs> if you strike Adam down, he will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. No, I'll just get better parking. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So that's what you can expect from our uh, upcoming episodes. Um, yes. So to crack on then. Um, Claire, as I know you've been watching things alongside Adam um, and we haven't seen you for a few weeks, what have you watched in the world of horror that you would like to uh, discuss? Well, um, horror-wise, well, but I'll start this, not horror this one, but um, today I watched Flash Gordon for the first time. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'd never seen it. I'd used the gif of um, Brian Blessed cheering <laughs> like a thousand times. But yeah, no, I'd never seen it. And um, it was so camp <laughs> and silly and brilliant. It was great. <laughs> and I, I, also, I thought it looked really good as mm. well. Like some of the sets are huge. Yeah. They're just enormous and they, they just look great. All I would say, though, if you don't want a rocket ship to spear you through the chest, just don't wear targets on your tits, because you yeah. a lot of tit targets. He does like a tit target, does old Bing. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, I watched that. I watched um, Holy, like the bottom Christmas episode as well. We mm. watched that recently. But that's like, it's got to be done, isn't it? Really, that's that's <laughs> along with Blackadder. That it was Blackadder's Christmas Carol one night, and then Bottom Holy the next. Oh, yeah. nice. Um, what else have we watched? I don't know. Well, I watched I watched The Exorcism. I don't think you were really bothering. No, no. like The Dead of Night Exorcism, um, which is the one where it's the rich lot who've renovated a farmhouse and they have dinner and it all tastes like blood and burning and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what was that thing I watched that was like, oh, I watched um, the uh, Inside Number Nine. Oh, yes, we watched, Krampus. yeah, the Crumbles. Oh, re that last week as well, yeah. yeah. Really good. Really good. And then we watched the real thing that that was... That, 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 that was it. That was Dead of Night. That oh, was the thing. Whereas they look very. I was. I basically said to Claire, "This is genuine. This is designed to be spooky. But don't worry. You've just watched Inside Number Nine's Krampus episode, so you'll just spend the whole time thinking, yeah, that's just the way they talk about it on there.' Where it's like, <laughs> oh look, they've missed their mark. That one's dried. Oh look." <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, the, that inside number nine is just fantastic. It's um, yeah. yeah, really good, and it's it's really good all the way through, and you enjoy it for what it is. And then when that twist comes, yeah, it, it just blows you away. Absolutely, that's and that's why I love it. Fantastic. Yeah. But but it's not the uh, yuck you're expecting. No, because you think oh they're doing a Krampus episode. So yeah. And that's why, again, I don't know if I should admit this, but that was the first time I'd watched that episode because I was convinced it would quieten me. So, Welcome to Horror has given me more inside number nine. <laughs> Excellent. I like, see, I like the fact that we're reaching out to people beyond Chris who are also, that's what I mean, like people genuinely are kind of taking this journey along with us. Um, yeah, yeah. De and oh, definitely. 
And it it does, <laughs> you know, we, we've said it before. It's I think people who don't watch horror from look at it that everything they watch is going to scare the piss out of them and they're going to hate it. Yeah. Everything's going to be unpleasant. It's all going to be super gory and super violent. And mm. there's so many subgenres and there's so much, you know, there's so much good content in there that people are missing out on because they think, oh, well, I watched Hostel when it was shit, so I never want to watch another horror film again. And yeah. See, for me, it was being, what you know, being at a sleepover at sort of 12 years old, watching a film that was far too scary for you, absolutely mm. packing it, and then going, do you know what? I don't want that anymore. Yeah. And then realising that a lot of the reason why it's so scared is because you're 12 and any form of emotional reaction is <laughs> means you can just get the piss taken out of you. Yeah. And that is the scary part rather than yeah. some blood, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Excellent. Yeah, we're very pleased to, uh, yeah, to be keeping up with how you're getting on, really, because it's, yeah, it's really good to see that you're, getting involved and enjoying it yeah i am i think you've watched i think pretty much you've watched everything certainly in the run-up to the hundredth i think you've watched everything but sinister i didn't watch the mm. ring oh yeah but that was your own choice that you, was my you choice, just didn't want to watch yeah. the ring yeah i think but no, perfectly <laughs> acceptable films to pass on <laughs> well also just i mean just our reaction when Chris said, "Well, I locked myself in a darkened room and watched Sinister, and we were both like, what? <laughs> so yeah, it was that point that I think you realised that I'd done it out of kindness that it probably wasn't going to be your bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris, what have you watched in the last week or so? Well, so being Christmas, I, we have watched a, a non-horror film. Um, although it turns out it was a really bad choice for Christmas, it was The Prestige and. <laughs> Not a fun Christmas film. No. <laughs> Where did you get the idea it was? Um, we flicked through and I kept seeing it pop up and it's like, oh, look, the prestige, it's a mystery. Shelley likes mm. mysteries. Um, Christopher Nolan, you know, it's about magic. It's got to be all right, really, hasn't it? It's, it's never going to be worse than Interstellar. And it's like, oh, it was a bit, <laughs> you know, a bit of a... Uh, painful ending, I suppose. Um, but still, it is a very good film. So, yeah. you know, it was a, a very yeah. enjoyable process. Uh, and then, the, yeah, just have to ignore the end. <laughs> um, but so, what I have been doing though, uh, I've started reading this wonderful book that Adam, Ooh. Claire, and Ted got me for Christmas <laughs> about Uzzle UFOs. Of UFOs. The, yes, the Osborne, which is another classic. <laughs> well, and, uh, so I saw at the front, there's a, a foreword by John Coleshaw. Now, I thought, I recognise him. I, I've definitely heard him many times, and I just could not think who it was. I looked him up, and it turns out that he's on, um, he's done all sorts of impersonations. I was going to say, he's an impressionist, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he did um, Spitting Image, but where I've heard him most recently in the last few years is on Dead Ringers. So yeah. it turns out I think he's fantastic and uh, just <laughs> yeah, didn't remember his name. Sorry about that, uh, John Coleshaw. But I did read on Wikipedia that at one point, while working with Steve Pink on Capital Radio, he impersonated William Haig and succeeded in getting through to number 10 Downing Street and was put through to Tony Blair, who, despite yes. instantly discovering the ruse, had a lengthy conversation with him until a member of Blair's staff ended the call. So <laughs> good, good work. That must have been yeah. quite entertaining. I've heard that. 
I and I'll, I'll, give, I'll give him his due because let's face it, I would not give Tony Blair the steam off my head. <laughs> but, but yeah, he's immediate. No, this is a wind up. But okay. up until that point, he's just ringing up, going, "Can I speak to Tony, please?" <laughs> 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 I think I might have to look that up. Swiss See, thing is, tone. <laughs> Running a country is like making love to a beautiful woman. <laughs> Actually, and it ties in quite nicely as well with John Colshaw's Tom Baker impression. He's fucking. Uh, yeah, excellent. He does, he does an excellent Tom Baker. He actually was doing, at one point, he was doing voiceovers on like audio, mm. um, like Doctor Who audio stuff. Until Tom Baker basically found out, well, I can do this and there's a lot of money involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I thought I'd just read out the foreword because it's fairly short and just give you an idea of, of UFOs. So I've been captivated by the idea of UFOs for as long as I can remember, all because of the tantalizing combination of mystery with an enigmatic edge of fear. As I grew up, Osborne's All About UFOs was never far from my side. The tone and the theories explored were always rooted in a sense of strong scientific logic and plausibility. The suggestions of how the home planet of the Hopkinsville goblins could look is a perfect example. Ah. This inspired me years later when I began writing my exoplanet excursions column for Sky at Night magazine. It was Arthur C. Clarke in his wonderful Mysterious World series of 1980 who stated that 97% of UFO encounters can be rationally explained. It's the remaining 3% for which we have no rational explanation that keeps UFOs so bewilderingly bewildering and extraordinary. Despite my lifelong fascination, I've never seen a UFO. It remains one of my strongest ambitions to witness a really good one. And when I do, the book you're holding now will be the first thing I refer to. Enjoy the book and here's wishing you clear skies. So I also have never seen a UFO, but I cannot wait till I do. Do you remember? Uh, oh, go on. Sorry, I'm going to say, I can't recommend enough. Uh, it's on Netflix if you've got it. If not, I'm sure you'll be able to find it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Louis Theroux's Weird Weekend, oh. UFOs Hunters one. And it's one Excellent. where he's about 14. He looks so young. But <laughs> um, it's absolutely brilliant. There are some right... Yes, um, characters. Can, I can imagine. Um, and it is one of the most entertaining fifty minutes. Yeah, your excellent. I will def definitely put that on. Uh, would, the fringes of American society. Yeah. I would also, oh. I would also like to not recommend Danny Dyer on UFOs. <laughs> mm. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, because. Jesus Christ. So well, as well, you mean would you recommend him on anything? <laughs> Thank you. I was going through the list then. I was going, no, I can only think of things I'd want on him. Yeah, Doberman yeah. Pincher, laser pointer. Yeah, it's a um you mentioned the Hopkinsville goblins in that mm. forward, Chris. Do you remember mm. we covered them in an episode? Do you remember yeah. the episode and why? Was it Critters? It was Critters. Yes. It was the story that inspired Critters. Well done. Yeah. He's learning. See, I, I do I do listen occasionally. <laughs> Excellent. I'm sure well Claire done. would have come to my rescue there if I hadn't remembered that. <laughs> no, I didn't have a clue. I don't think you watch Critters, actually. Oh. You should go for that. Totally. Okay. Well, I, I I have got the four disc box set somewhere. Oh, 
picked up in Sainsbury for about two quid. <gasps> Serious, I know. <laughs> I know it was like I will forego cheese, and that says a lot. <laughs> in the end, I bought both. Cheese <laughs> and critters. <laughs> um, Adam, have you watched anything in the last week? Um, I, uh, well, apart from what we've what what we've already talked about with Claire. Um, I did watch The Treasure of Abbott Thomas the other night just because oh, yes. oh, yeah. I've been having a ghost. It was a needed, you know, some ghost stories for Christmas stuff. So we'd had the exorcism and yeah, I rounded that night off watched Treasure of Abbott Thomas, which I, and I had not realised in so long, I always forget that it's the guy from the stone tape. Yes. And, and it's like, but he looks like, sort of like 80 years older in Treasure of Abbott Thomas but yeah and I've heard the League of Gentlemen talk about Stone Tape before we've got to, we should watch the Stone Tape that, that genuinely it. scares but it's yeah okay. top notch mm. it's Nigel Neal yeah Nigel Neal mate that's all I need to say Nigel Neal <laughs> Nigel Neal and I also finally got to see Elliot which is um, a film from a a studio called Dreams for Dead Cats and it's like like a sort of 80s industrial video uh, by, by which I mean band not like you know not like just how to run the machine <laughs> or something like that. Um, but yeah like, like yeah so like quite sort of you know ministry skinny puppy that sort of end of uh, mm. Cyberpunk visuals, and it's essentially um, it's essentially a thing about why you shouldn't lie, uh, shouldn't lie your profile online, um, mm. lie on your profile. But um, it's yeah, it's like Skinny Puppy made the Matrix, and then but like on zero budget, and then <laughs> someone someone copied it on the VHS about three times before you got to see it. So nice. That sounds right up your street, actually. It's it certainly was. I mean, it's not one I'm gonna to recommend to anyone. Lee, I'll say I'll say now, mate, this makes Suspiria look like the boys from the black stuff in oh, terms yeah. of like you know, yeah. this, this is way, way sort of I thought this out. was not gonna be for me. <laughs> but I mean it's it's great, but it is like um it's like all the weird sequences you get out of. Um, sorry, I think there's a thing going off. Um, it's like it's like all the weird sequences you'd get in like old telefantasy stuff, like sort of Doctor Who or um, the Ghost Stories for Christmas or something like that. There's always the bit that everyone remembers that's the weird, trippy scene, mm. and it's like someone did a super cut of them. Um, mm. But it has, I mean, it does, it does have a plot. And I'll tell you what as well, and this is on a Christopher Nolan mention. Oh, yeah. Everyone, it, it's, it's filmed and designed to look like really old videotape from the 80s. Everyone has a weird, like, mechanical effect over their voice. And I could still understand everyone perfectly. It can be <laughs> done. It can be yeah. done. So I do not know what is going on with some people. There's definitely just, yeah. In fact, I think it probably helped that it was VHS. Because so, <laughs> so, actually, I could hear what people were saying. 
But all, all round, a really great film, but it's very, it's very strange, um, but very rewarding if you take the trip. So, so was that, wait, was that a reference to Bane? It was a reference to Bane and the Scarecrow and Batman. And Gary Oldman. Uh, Do you leave Gary out of this? <laughs> <laughs> See, again, this is another thing where Claire, I will be showing Claire Leon at some point because mm. Claire is obsessed that Gary Oldman is quiet. He just talks like he's chewing a pillow the whole time. I can't understand it. <laughs> and so I think, yeah, Leon might disabuse you of that notion. Because, mm. uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely at the further end of subtle in that one, shall he we is, say. He is bold in that one. <laughs> yeah, bold. Thank you, Chris. I like that. Um, but, yeah, no, I think he's... he's no, I'm just... I'm, con I'm still convinced that they're just going to find out that Christopher Nolan's got something wrong with his ears. No. And it's like turned out that he he thought everyone sounded perfectly, and everyone else was going, "Connor's going to fucking work this one." <laughs> yeah, I know, but he's got he's got final say on it. Yeah. So. <laughs> nice. Um. So I've checked out a couple of things. Um. So, uh, friend of the show Joseph, I was chatting to about mm. three or four days before Christmas. Um. And he said to me, did I, did I see uh, the 2019 Christmas Carol that was BBC and FX? Um, oh, yes. Which I hadn't. Um, so it's Guy Pearce, Andy Serkis, uh, and Stephen Graham plays... Um, oh, what's his bloody name? Is he Bob Cratchit? <laughs> plays Jacob Marley, unsurprisingly. Oh, um, right, OK. Yeah, so it was it was three parts an hour apiece. Um, yeah, and I, I, again, I, I think I think because I don't watch TV, I don't see adverts, so I don't know what I'm missing. And on top of that, A Christmas Carol is a story that's so well trodden. I don't think I would have necessarily jumped to it anyway because I'm like I've seen the story so many times and so differently done. I don't think they'll be able to bring anything new to it. Um, I was entirely wrong, and oh. outside of comedy versions, this is my new favourite. Wow. Yeah, we watched it on Christmas Eve from beginning to... I, I think we watched... So the day before Christmas Eve, we put it on. We watched about half an hour. Uh, yeah, and we went, oh, shit, this is going to be amazing. Right, stop everything. Tomorrow, this is going to be our, our Christmas Eve night. Yeah, and we watched the other two and a half hours, and it was absolutely amazing. Um, I wouldn't have watched another Carol for that reason. I would have thought it's yeah. been done exactly. Like, mm. what can you? I've seen thirty different versions. Like, what else yeah. can you possibly do with it? Um, but they made it really, really. It was the same people who did Peaky Blinders and Taboo. Mm. Um, oh right, okay. If you've seen either of those, just imagine Taboo meets uh, or Peaky oh. Blinders. Yeah meets Christmas Carol and that's what you get. Oh, really. I'm interested <laughs> now because Taboo was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's exactly that look and feel. It's really gritty. They've totally packed the story out. So they've added lots more kind of not side stories, but you get more in depth about stuff. So Tiny Tim had an operation that cost a lot of money and you don't quite know where that money came from. 
and Mrs. Mm-hmm. Cratchit is kind of holding something back from Bob, and like it's just, mm. yeah, it's so so good. Um, yeah, I was totally mesmerised by, it. and it was a perfect Christmas Eve as well, because it was dark and brooding and ghost story ish, and it was a Christmas Carol. So, yeah, everyone mm-hmm. buy it on DVD and save it for next Christmas Eve and go and watch it because it's mm. amazing. Um. And then today, uh, the day after Boxing Day, as there was nothing happening, um, we decided we were going to have a day on the sofa. We were going to start that day with one episode uh, of a TV show that Adam got me for Christmas on Blu-ray, uh, which is The Living and the Dead from 2016. Um, never seen it, never heard of it. But I trusted Adam, so we put the first episode on, and then we sat there for four hours uh, until we started recording this podcast um wow yeah it's really really good um i i did i i kind of knew i'm glad you've enjoyed it kind of because i kind of knew it'd be up your up you guys alley Mm. it's really fucking well done it's really it's kind of slow moving and sinister but it's full-on like folk horror and it's beautifully Mm. shot and all the characters in it are really well developed. And, and like nothing feels rushed in it. Um, but yeah, you kind of, it, it's not quite that monster of the week, but it almost is each week. There's a new element to the story, but there is an overarching story going on at the same time mm. as well. Um, yeah. And it's just really, and I can't wait for tomorrow now to finish it because it's just brilliant. It's really, really good. Um, oh, I'm glad you liked it, man. Yeah. And it's one I'll go back to as well, because I, I think it's got enough brooding kind of energy that even once you know the story, you can still go back and get something from it. Um, Definitely. Because, so- I, I mean, I remember, I, I'm thinking about it now, because, I mean, I can't remember, when's it from? Is it 2016? 2016. So it's not, it's not ages ago. But I think if that had have come out like last year I think we'd have had that second series because I think more people would have picked up on oh the BBC have done a really good folk horror like uh, series Mm. and and it's not just oh someone's remade The Wicker Man or someone's redone this it's like oh no someone's done an original folk horror thing that's just it's oh is and of its own thing so but mm. yeah, and it's just a it's a real shame that they they it didn't come back for a second series. So yeah, but, yeah I agree. Yeah. But it's yeah, I mean it's absolutely fantastic. And yeah, I do think it's one of those things that's gonna that's gonna hold up for multiple viewings because it's mm. it's got enough going on in it that it's yeah, it isn't all about the reveal, it's the journey, like it's it just it looks beautiful and it just feels cold and dark. It's like we said with the witch. It's that yes. they've just moved into a farm. They, they've come from the city. If they don't make this work, they are fucked. Like, mm-hmm. so this is their whole, and it's the whole village. So the whole village work for them and they have to get the harvest in. And if anything goes wrong with the harvest, they are all in shit because nobody's got any money and nobody can support anyone. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's really, really good, really strong. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, sounds excellent. Yeah. I shall lend it to you once I'm done. Thank you. Once lockdown's over and I'm allowed to see. Yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs>
Right. So, uh, to head into this evening's main event, um, let me see if I can get the name right because I kept fucking it up last week. So, <laughs> so we watched Vault of Horror, um, another amicus. So, right off of the back of the previous film we covered last week, um, Vault of Horror from 1973. Um, as I said, I, I, the reason I watched this was because I had it on a box set with Tales from the Crypt. So after I'd watched that, I watched this. Then I kept fucking it up and getting the two stories confused. And Adam kept going, no, that's the other. No, no, that's the other one. Um, I cut as much of that out as I could, but I am a lazy bastard. So I probably didn't do very well. Um, and we agreed, seeing as I pretty much talked about the entire film, why not get everyone involved and do it again this week? Um, so Claire, let's start with you. What did you make of Vault of Horror? Uh it was really good. Um, I like, I I like anthologies. I think it's a really really good way to do to tell stories because you haven't got to pad it out. You haven't got to find interesting parts. If you've just got all the it, you know, all the best bits. Mm. It's it's very yeah. I I thought it was brilliant. I thought um, I love Terry Thomas. I think he's well great. done. <laughs> and um, all, since we watched it, we've just been shouting at each other. Can't you do anything neatly? Can you? Can't you? Can you do anything neatly? <laughs> I did, I did say exactly. to Claire that that's what the film does to you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I thought he was great. I thought, um, I, I mean, that story was just brilliant for me. Um, I loved the magician's story as well. Yeah. Um, mm. What was that one called? That was the, the trickle this trickle kill. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was really good. I thought there's some really good effects in it. The um, the first vampire film. Um, I've written down mm. the mirror effect is great. The teeth not so much. Yeah. Because the mm. teeth were a bit. The, 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 it's Joke like shop. it's a couple of yeah. straws. It's like yeah. you've broken a straw in half and stuck it up your yeah. teeth, basically. Yeah. But the mirrors, the the mirror effect, where he looks in the mirror and obviously there's no yeah. one there. Um, Which is, it's shockingly well done. Really good. Yeah. For for a, for for a film of that age, you'd expect that to be the shit bit. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the fangs are the fuck up for some reason. It's like, but yeah, they just. But, It'd but be mainly. Consistent, but the, the main girl, she's got really good fangs, and everybody else is a dog shit. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, you see, like their top lips, like out in front of their <laughs> nose, where it's just shoved up. Um, but like mainly for me, the whole film was worth watching just to see uh, Terry Thomas's house. I know that wasn't his real house, but I like to imagine that it was, and it was just ah, oh, everything about it I wanted. I wanted everything, the matching pots. Oh God, I wanted them so hard. And then um, the little seat, the little room downstairs with all the mm. all the screws and that. Yeah. Hardware room. Workshop. Yeah, his workshop, workshop, that's yeah. it. I I dream of having a home like that, but I there's certain mental disorders that mean that that just couldn't happen. I would start it by taking everything off the shelves and then just get buried alive by my magazines. <laughs> like, 
never get back. You you were obsessed with the whiteboards in the oh in yeah the, in the cupboards as well and like yeah. yeah. So once you give to Mark Pure, you tick it off, and I was like, that's such mm. a consistent L. Yeah. Why haven't from, I got I that? For fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. That's what could you get different colour pens. <laughs> And, but then, but then you would you would break with that, and it would be yeah yeah, I, yeah. like when we hadn't turned, we realised we hadn't turned over the calendar since like September. that's why it felt yeah. so long that month, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot worse when a system goes out of sync. You can feel oh. really bad because you haven't kept it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I thought I, I really enjoyed it. But I, this is, um, I think this is the way I like to watch horror is, yeah, these little short stories. Well, they're perfect. It's just that it's that very punchy little, right? 10, 15 minutes, you're in, you're out. Yeah, as you yeah. say, there's no padding, there's no, oh, let's find out what their brother in law is doing, or let's find yeah. out what the children are doing. It's just, this is it. This is all you need to know. It's done. It's yeah. over, and you go on to the next one. And if you no. can't finish it, it, it's fine because it's only going to be fifteen minutes, and then you've got something waiting. But I do think what we need to do is find one that just has been done really badly, just to see. Because I, I think Amicus probably have done a good job. Uh, you, you could ruin them, I'm sure, like, if you get in too quickly. But I don't know. Yeah, somehow these do just work. So they're just such a good. Uh, yeah, combination of entertainment with horror aspects. Yeah, I think also like with just... with the um, like with these sort of short stories, you haven't got time to go. What the fuck are you going in there for? You know, twenty yeah. people are dead. <laughs> yeah, like you just go. Oh, that's the horrible bit, and then it's finished. We're on to the mm. next bit. And I think yeah. that works really well. It also is also in that room. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's also quite good in that you don't. You, you can have an unevenness of tone that doesn't mm. matter. So mm. you you have typically they will have a comedy story yeah. or a funnier story and then a much more obviously horror story mm. and then like a twist one, you know, yeah. or whatever like that. And I think, yeah, you you if you were trying to make that as one film, mm. people would be mm. like, well, I didn't get why that was funny there and really horrible there or whatever yeah. like that. Yeah. Whereas with this, it's like you can, everyone's in, everyone knows that, right, so it's, this is the story that I can laugh, that I'll laugh during this one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, but I don't have to laugh in this one because it's like, oh yeah, no, this is a different presentation yeah. or a different style. And um, yeah, it's just great. They, mm. but, um, but you say you, you wonder if they do a bad one. Um, mm. I, I, I'm going to say it, and I know it's going to slightly upset Ooh. Adam, um, but it, the stories in it are brilliant, but it's the wraparound is a great concept, but they I don't know why they did it. So um, From Beyond the Grave is fantastic, and the stories in it mm. are brilliant. And the wraparound story is Peter Cushing owns uh, an antique shop, Yes. Everyone who comes in and buys something from that antique shop gets fucked with, basically. Mm. Um, yeah, it's like and cursed it's, object. Yeah. yeah, and it's a great concept. I really like it. It's brilliant. They give him this real... They make him do this really weird accent. It, it's like He's supposed to be like a Yorkshireman, but he can't really do the accent. So all the cutaway <laughs> bits 
him speaking really badly and awkwardly. And every time it's just really jarring. It's like, you've got Peter Cushing. He's yeah. in London. Why has he got a Yorkshire accent that he can't do? Why do you not just let him do his accent? Why? Yeah. That, thing, that takes away from it. Because you're just going, why is he talking like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mind you, mind you I, won, I wonder, I think it's, again, this is like something that you get a lot with the anthology ones is maybe there's the element where it's like Peter Cushing was like, I'm going to do my Yorkshire accent for this one. <laughs> I'm just and no one had the heart to say, can't really do it, Pete. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It's like, he's going to say like no was... to Peter Cushing. I mean, he's a god. It's like, it's like we have the misfortune to watch Peppa Pig. And, and, and in fact, loads of different uh, kids' TV shows of varying quality, from Hey Dougie, which is marvellous, to Bing, which is shite. Yeah. But you find... That obviously, because they're all animated, everyone doubles up on their accents. Yeah. So mm. the person who's playing like the mum also plays like a minor character in a shop or whatever like that. And everyone's go-to seems to be Scottish. <laughs> but I'm playing another character, so I'm good to dig out the Scottish accent, you see, because I can do it really well. And maybe that's what... And I think you do get that a touch with anthology films is there's sort of like... I've always wanted to play a complete cunt. Can I play a complete cunt in this? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm usually playing nice characters. Can I be a bastard? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Chris, obviously this was your first viewing as well um, of this yes. highly esteemed classic. And again, it's, it's an anthology which we know you love. So what did you make of it? What did you uh, particularly enjoy or... Well, yeah, I'm going to have to say that Adam and Claire took, took my thunder with the uh, can't you do anything neatly, can't you? <laughs> because, however, of course, I was going to I was going to butcher it far, far worse than they did. However, Terry Thomas butchered turns out he's still quite entertaining, especially yeah. when he's lined up neatly in little jars. Oh, misc muscles got me and odds and ends. Mm. Yeah, there's some great labelling. Y- yes, there, so. yeah. What what are in the odds and ends? I'm assuming his cockney balls. Uh, yeah. Do you think that was the? I way assumed of... it was Terry Thomas's meat and two veg. It, there was. Well... You can know, I haven't seen them. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But that would be yeah a way that they could write it out. I suppose <laughs> on the label. Um, but yeah, that's no, just... in the Zoom background. Mm. But they have put the they did put the gap in his teeth. I was gonna say exactly uh, the yes. same thing. Yeah. yeah. They took that much trouble to put a gap in the teeth in the jar. Mm. Anatomically correct. So yeah, so, so that that's great. Um and I, I quite liked the, the painter one as well, which mm. I think yes. was the last one. I, it, yeah, I thought that was a great idea. Um and he went to get some voodoo, having to put his hand in the, the bubbling uh, cauldron. I don't think I could do that. I guess you seriously got to hate someone. But um, yeah, and the way that played out was great. And in the end... The great Tom Baker there. Didn't mm. you think that, um, Tom, for someone really eager to live, ran out in front of quite a lot of traffic? <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I think that's Tom. Yeah, yeah, could there isn't it? Because I mean, this is this is just pre Who as well. Mm. But I mean, watching him and Terry Thomas is like a fucking dream come true when it's just them two. Like, even though it's like the in the little um, wraparound segments. Mm. What's what about you? 
What about his story? <laughs> story doesn't seem to be anything at all, really. And but just yeah, so that's a wonderful thing. But I, I wonder. A lot of it just feels like Tom on a night out because it's like <laughs> I come to buy voodoo. I'd imagine that he's just knocked on people's doors and done that. So, but but also, I think that you're saying you know you know. Or Chris, you were saying that sort of like, you know, would you take that level of revenge or whatever like that? And I think it's because you don't have a nemesis mm -hmm. with a name like Fenton Breedley, yeah. <laughs> which is the other thing that Claire has been hearing a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, have a guess how many times I've heard that name. Does, does that put you off that, that episode? Yeah. Uh, I briefly thought we'd rename Ted the amount of times I've heard. Can we? Because <laughs> if we get because we're getting married, you know, if we get married, mm. then um, Lee found out you can change your. We can both change our surname. Just yeah, all change. You, so can we just offer him like a five and do Ted quickly so it becomes Fenton Breedley Toddlers. <laughs> we call him Fenton for sure. Let's see. We'll see. We'll call him Little F. <laughs> do anyway. yeah. and Denim Elliot in that uh yeah in that episode as well is uh, is uh yeah just to give him such a small role I was like oh Denim Elliot no he's not in it for long he's got <laughs> 60 seconds of screen time at best <laughs> Denim Elliot is the um was Dylan who was the the guy who he forced to shoot himself oh yeah mm. yeah yeah like it was yeah um, and he's in, uh, you said you didn't remember, but he's in Raiders of the Lost Ark and yeah, in the end of the Last Crusade. I did see, I, I mean, I happened to see a thing on there, um, uh, like on, um, oh fuck, what's it called on uh, IMDb, where it's like one person's trivia about about this film, uh, was um, Denim Elliott's in it, didn't do much horror, what he did a fair bit. Because he's, he's in another. <laughs> he's into to the Devil Adult. He's in another uh, Amicus anthology. He's mm. in both the movie and the TV versions of Brimstone and Treacle, and yeah, he and he's the Dracula in Mystery and Imagination. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know that's pretty horror. You've mm. played Dracula, yeah. and I don't know why it is. Of all the things that I would like from this film, and you'd think, as a Doctor Who fan, I'd want that painting of Tom Baker. No. I, for some reason, I want that painting of Denim Elliott hugging himself in a nice jumper. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, love, I love the way the thing's done. So, obviously, they have to show the hands of the guy who loses his hands in the guillotine. Mm -hmm. That was excellent, by the way. <laughs> oh, That's good stretching. Every time I'll you know he's doing it, goes... Oh, yeah. That's that's when you need 3D in a film. Oh, it's, you can have had the hands coming right, right up, locking yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> but so, but so they have to do the picture of him whole, like, with his hands, so that you can cut the hands off the painting. Yeah. But Denim Elliot, it's clearly just that's his spotlight, like <laughs> head, his headshot that gets sent out with his CV. Yeah. And they've just painted that. But I mean, that's again. This is I mean, it's packed with fucking brilliant actors, not just the stars of the segments and everything, you know. 
everyone's really everyone's on really good fucking form. Well, Terry mm. Thomas's wife is the mum from Mary Poppins. Or That's it. Yes. 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 Uh, see, I didn't know her from that. I know her from there was um. Uh, there was a DVD released released a couple of years ago called Rare Chills, which is uh, TV special mm. stuff that had uh, basically had gone missing for years and people had forgot it ever existed. And she was in a story where she played a vampire in a small village. Um, yeah, and that's the only thing I know her from, but I absolutely loved that. It was one of those... Yeah, yeah it, it came out and it was like, oh, this is all really obscure stuff that we thought had, had disappeared and we'd never see it again. Uh, but none of it's really that good, so we'll just put it all out on a compilation thing. Um, yeah, and it was astonishingly good. Really, really surprised. Yeah, Glynis Johns is that. Yeah. Is that and um, her and Tom Baker are the only people who are still alive mm. from this film. So they oh. win. So, so they win, but it also <laughs> it also suggests... I mean, I don't know. Glynis Johns, I'm just going on the character that she presents in this, where... She's clearly had a few a lot of the time. And <laughs> I know for a fact that Tom's had a few, so it sort of seems to suggest that longevity might be associated with pickling. <laughs> I don't know. And actually, on, on the subject of that, um, the is that the one that's got a Jeremy Brett story on there? Or Jeremy Brett's in it? Uh, no. Um, that, so that was called Haunted. which That was, was it. Uh, it was other old forgotten TV that didn't, get released as part of anything else so they kind of lumped them all together yeah because he because um i'd forgotten he's he was married at one point to anna massey who is the the sister in the vampire story uh, okay she was really creepy as well yeah, yeah. No, she really is and actually the brother and sister in that that they are brother and sister that's daniel massey and anna mm. massey oh they oh yeah you're right they are yeah um and... i say that was part of the reason I watched this is I know we've said before about wouldn't it be great to take all your favourite clips from these mm. anthology movies or all the stories and put them all together. The two from the beginning of this, so the Terry Thomas one is my favourite of all of the comedy anthology mm. ones. Yeah. And the restaurant one, despite the fact the fangs are shit, I just love that story. I just yeah. think it's brilliant. I love it that he's gone, he's murdered his sister and then just gone, I'm feeling a bit peckish. I'm going to go back to that restaurant. Jennifer Which is just called this. restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. It has a sign outside, it's just okay, called so, restaurant. So he's going there to do a murder. So he stops at the place across the street that's full of people, goes in there and creates a scene five minutes before <laughs> he goes and stabs her to death in her living room. Good move, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, boldly. Yeah. I, mean, I think the... Um, I, also, weirdly enough, those first two um, were the own. This was unreleased. This wasn't released uncut in America for years, and they cut two specific things. They cut the the neck, like the spigot in the neck, mm. so you don't see them draining his blood. Yeah, mm. that was considered too graphic. And the other bit that was considered too graphic was. Terry Thomas with the hammer buried into his head. And again, that that's just the young ones. That's a comedy. That's a comedy. It's one of the funniest scenes of the whole thing. Like you couldn't you couldn't be upset or offended or disturbed by them, surely. 
yeah, but some some Burke was and decided, oh, we better cut that out because that's oh, that's harsh, isn't it? What's it? actually, mind you, we, we are talking. This was probably a bunch of like, let, let's face it, this was going to be a bunch of blokes in the seventies in America who were in a position of authority with regard to filming, and at no point were they thinking, God, Terry Thomas is a fucking nightmare to live with in this. They're going, yeah, that's exactly what you do. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're they're going. You know, it's like well, the wife's like an Alsatian. You know, you have to scare her early so that she doesn't give you any shit. But the doctors, when it was the doctors' one, what I kept thinking was, what shit doctors? They'd come across two dead people and just fucked off. There was absolutely no like CPR, no nothing. It's just down there. I made the same note, yeah. And it was like, <laughs> oh, he's dead. Oh, bollocks. Uh, is it closing yeah. time yet? We can probably get a quick yeah, one in. If we... Where are you going? Yeah. What's your rush? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what as well. They were, and it's, a, again, this is a weird one, but those two were in, there was a TV series called Doctor in the House, which yeah. was a sitcom about um, student, uh, like uh, student doctors. And it was them two and another guy. Um, and they sort of, but they did, I didn't realise they did fucking hundreds of these series together. They did Doctor in the House, Doctor at Large, and then uh, Doctor in Charge. And then they appear in the Vault of Horror as medical students. Because, and it's so, it was, it, they're not named the same characters, but there's clearly that intention that it's meant to be, oh, we'll just get them in. And I assume that's also why one of them keeps doing like, pratfalls and sort of reactions mm, and stuff like yeah. that because I think that's pretty much probably what the stock in trade was of the sitcom Yeah. Um, but then they did Doctor at Sea Doctor on the Go, Doctor Down Under and then in 1991 they revived it as Doctor at the Top and it ran for one series um, and interestingly enough a lot, of the, a lot of the writers on it were members of the Goodies and Monty Python so John Cleese and Graham Chapman and Bill Oddie and Graham Garden. I mean, obviously the Grahams are both doctors. Mm -hmm. So they, and they wrote for this show. Um, and I saw a quote from Bill Oddie about their final series, Doctor at the Top in 1991. And he went, ah, oh, yes, the series that depressed a nation. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so uh, he clearly, you know, doesn't feel that it was some of his best work, shall we say. <laughs> I love their honesty. Yeah. But, I mean, you've got... Um, so, so yeah, we've, so you've got... So you start off with vampires. Um, I also like that. I like the idea of a town that changes at sundown. Yeah. Where it's the, the waiter... Like, you go in and you've got a different waiter. Because yeah. the human staff have gone for the night and then the vampires take over and it's just, yeah. But also the guy who turns up who's the private detective in that um, is a guy called Mike Pratt, unfortunate name, <laughs> um, who, <laughs> who um, played Jeff Randall in Randall and Hopkirk Deceased. Oh, okay. So, so again, it's kind of like you've, Got someone in 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 the same role because obviously Randall Hopkirk with private eyes, and yeah. So, but also you could quite read it that is is still on hard times and everything else like that. But maybe him and Marty, like the ghost of his dead his, his dead partner's ghost, maybe they did go and 
uncover where Animasi lived, and that was the last thing that happened around her. He got stabbed to death. <laughs> I'd like, I'd, I'd like that. I'm, I'm building this world, this League of Extraordinary Gentlemen of Horror, where, it, because, but also, so that means there's a different version of that where there's Marty in his white suit going, going Jeff, Jeff, watch out, he's got a knife, Jeff. Oh, Jeff, he's killed you now. Oh no. Oh dear. And and funnily enough, then you get Randall Hopkirk was remade with Vic and Bob. Yeah. And um Tom Baker was in it as the as um Vic's mentor, Professor Wyvern. So, you know, what goes around comes around. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, um it turned out over Christmas we had a Christmas quiz and one of the uh, what's it called? Like um, rounds was taglines, and several of them were from horror films, and I knew none of them. And I realised we never mentioned the taglines. No, so we don't. I've looked up the tagline. Mm-hmm. Tagline, which I thought it was for this one. Apparently, there are two, and the first one is "Below the crypt lies death's waiting room, the vault of horror," and. Oh, Oh, this one's even better. Everything that makes life worth leaving. Yeah. Oh. That's what good. they did there. I it's funny you... Go on, was... Go on, Adam. I was going to say, it's funny you say that, because I think, if I remember rightly, the tagline for Tales from the Crypt is what lurks in the vault of horror. Ah. Even though it's... Because, and also, you get the lovely bit where he's reading the novelisation of Tales from the Crypt in uh, Bargain with Death. And, um, (laughs) but again, this was, this one all came from EC Comics, like we were saying, with Tales from the Crypt. So so there were a lot, lot more stories, I guess, in total from EC Comics. comics. And yeah, so they just picked these. Now, have you read, did you say you've read any of them? I've read reprints and stuff like that. I mean, they're pretty, they're, they're, they're really, they're really good. They're really straightforward and simple, mm. which is, you know, because I mean, they were, you know, they were aimed at sort of teen and uh, sort of preteen children. Yeah. Um, but again, I think they work. That's the reason why the stories still work is because they are very, they're basically morality plays. It's mm. someone does something and is punished. Um, and it's even, I mean, even like, down to the fact that um, uh, Terry Thomas dies in his one, and also um, in the uh, Bargain in Death, Maitland dies. Um, but it is, it's not like the initial crime, not the fact of, because let's face it, he's trying to do insurance fraud, mm. but unfortunately, he gets entangled with the fact that his mate who he's doing the scam with isn't going to dig him up. But then he gets dug up by the students and then he gets the gravedigger's spade through his face. Mm. And and again, it's like Terry Thomas is a pain in the arse, mm. but it's not, but he he's not the one who commits the murder. He is yeah. Is there, um, are there any horror icons that you would trust to dig you back up? Do you know what I mean? Like, <coughs> is there any from Fright Night? I'd trust him to have my back. <laughs> Why? Yeah, yes, that's exactly who I thought. Yeah, 
<laughs> have been paying attention, Claire. That's excellent. I know. <laughs> I would definitely, yeah. I think that I, I was actually think I was pondering on that. I think it'll be Elvira. Oh yeah, because, true. Because because even I'd imagine I I think she I think she would actually be kind enough to do it, but also I think she'd have the wherewithal to persuade some burly men to uh, dig me up. She well, that is all. <coughs> I don't think she needs men to help. I think she can do it. Oh yeah, but she, why 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 keep a dog and bark yourself? <laughs> you know, it's true. This is very true. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, going back to what we said earlier about anthology horror, um, I don't know if there are any plans to come out anytime soon that I've seen like trailers for or anything that particularly stand out. Which I mean, no, I, think... I know nothing's been made in the last year, so I'm kind of mm. not surprised by that. Mm. But I, I did intend to watch Death December, uh, this year, but I had trouble getting over a copy, so um, it didn't arrive in oh, time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one because I think, if anything, I think everything that's been made has been held back because everyone was hoping that, well, we're not going to release it now because no one can go to the pictures. Hmm. Like that's going to be as big a, you know, indicator in many ways. Um, but also, I think the anthology stuff tends to be lower budget. Hmm. So... Hmm majority of those filmmakers aren't even in a position to try you know they're not going to be backed by anyone mm. you have to be doing mission impossible with tom cruise to actually still be filming for there to be the budget to actually try and film it safely and safely and legally yeah, yeah. yeah. i was trying to work out mentioning tom cruise there um did he go up <laughs> or down in my estimation having shouted at uh, the workers. I, I was tempted to think that's a good thing, that he wanted his yeah. crew to not, not ruin the film. His argument was it's for the jobs that he's creating. I didn't know if it was more that it's hurting his pocket. But mm. Sorry, I missed this because I don't, I don't, I've uh, not seen the so notes since March. He, he managed to set up his studio in the UK to be allowed to steal film. Hmm. And obviously it's strict. Um, and some workers there would were too close together, and so he screamed at them. And he was, you know, they played the clip of him screaming. He was screaming, you know, you're ruining the jobs. I'm, I'm making jobs by doing this. I've worked hard. You know, we've all worked hard to get this work in. Um, and you I'll, know, be don't honest, ruin it. Think, I'll be honest. I think it came over better than Christian Bale's rant. It well, yeah. absolutely, Oof. yeah. Because yeah, at yeah, least you, sort of, seems, you could see his. You could see his point. Yeah. And I think probably the only thing I would have said was, and it's, let's face it, you're on a set with hundreds of people. It's going to be, you're on a set with hundreds of people in 2020 where everyone has a phone. Yeah. It's mm. probably a lot more difficult to privately bollock someone. I yeah. think if it had been mm. an old woman going up to a group of people and saying, you're standing too close together, you ruin it for all of us, people have gone, isn't she brilliant? Yeah, but because Tom Cruise is already on like a pedestal, there's only really one way for him to go. Well, not only that, but right. we're all prepared that it's like, 
well, it's Tom Cruise. He must have been in the wrong. Exactly. Yeah. He's in the yeah, wrong yeah, yeah. most of the time, and it's like actually probably and I'm not, not in this I'm not case. a Tom Cruise fan. No. no. But I wish I had this bollocks to shout at some people I see in the street at the moment. But that's why I wasn't sure. I didn't look into. <laughs> I didn't know if it was a good reason or a bad reason that he'd done it. Mm. Now I'm glad you said that, Claire, because. None of us ever use this podcast as a soapbox to stand up <laughs> against things that we think are wrong. But I'm going to do it right now. Um, so I'd heard tell, but I hadn't actually seen the footage until last night. So last night was Boxing Day. Um, the big fat quiz of the year was on. Um, oh, yeah. One of the things on it was it showed the video of the hologram that Kanye West had made for Kim oh, Kardashian. Yeah of Odd her thing. father who had never met mm. him it was a hologram of him basically mm. saying what an amazing man kanye west is and very little else oh. i would just like to say you fucking yeah. yeah done well absolute piece of shit well that's the thing because he was having they were having this big party for kim's birthday mm. and everyone was going you shouldn't be doing that. There's a pandemic going on. And then they went, but it's our private island. It's fine. And if I'm going, yeah, okay, people are losing jobs left, right and centre. It might be a, a tad it's, insensitive. Yeah. That, we'll, we'll cover Mask of the Red Death in the, in the near future, <laughs> I think, just to, just to sort of bring that home. Yeah. But, but I think, because I'd heard about it, and let's face it, that, my first thought was, that's what the world needs. Idiot millionaire bringing back to life the man who got OJ off because we can all agree that that was a beneficial thing for the entire of humanity. <laughs> and then calling so, one of the one of the most stupid people I have ever witnessed to have money to to pay somebody to create a hologram of somebody who never met him calling him a genuine ge if somebody brought back one of my dead relatives in a hologram to say that they thought that the person who paid for it was a genuine genius mm -hmm. i don't think i'd be up i don't think i'd think that was brilliant i think i would be very upset and offended by that i, I would <laughs> i would have to say there'd be a conversation yeah. <laughs> i think it's like you know it there's, might lead there's to violence i'm not gonna lie <laughs> there's boundaries there's boundaries i think you know and you know again we're sort of we're it's get, going back to tales from the crypt it's basically you know he's got the wishing statue and brought her dad back mm. to life. does she want him brought back as basically licking kanye's dick because that's got to be a weird moment it was so, just like <laughs> I, like i said i'd heard tell of it it was even more awkward to see than I could possibly have imagined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and if anybody ever buys anything that he's ever produced again and gives that man another cent, uh, I think they deserve to be dragged into the street and kicked to death, quite frankly. But um, <laughs> I, I might be a little bit right wing on but that you're, one. But, but you're quite moderate about these things, <laughs> really. Lee. So, you know, and, fr and frankly, it's a fairly moderate response to Kanye West because the man's a fucking idiot. So. He's a wally. That's the best way to describe him. He's an absolute wally. Knob. He is a knob. That is the word. He's a knob. Yeah. He probably so. could become the president then. <laughs> <laughs> it's never stopped anyone before. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Right. So we should probably wrap it up there as we've gone a little bit off topic. Um, 
a touch, a yeah. touch. Well, I have a theory about Ooh. one of the stories, if you'd like to hear my theory. Oh, definitely. Go on. Right, so in the magician one, uh, what is that one called? This, this, trick, this trick will kill you. Yep. So mm. when um, at the end, the wife is climbing the rope and then she looks up as she screams and then disappears and then there's blood on the ceiling. I was like, what if that is um, means that she's now inside the basket that gets jabbed up? Ooh. Claire so thought that's where it was going. That's what that I thought point. it was. Yeah. I've got it. And I hadn't. No, no, but you, I, I love it as an idea. more intelligent than they had, I think. Because <laughs> yeah. it kind of works in the sense that you could say that the boy is spared because they offer a life at a later point. Mm. And But just genuinely, that... Because, again, this is one of those weird sort of... It's, it's weird that the way these work, where you just get those little moments mm. of sort of... Genuine and that bit where she just stares into space and screams, yeah, and disappears and then blood appears is that is really weird, yeah, like and unknowable. And mm. yet, it's sort of just in the middle, of, and it's not something you know, it's not a particularly clever effect, it's not a big deal made of it or anything else like that. But just that one moment is like, oh, that that lingers, you know, yeah. and it's, I think, all of. All of the anthology ones tend to have that. You you have genuinely funny moments, and you also have genuine creepy moments and stuff like that. Like you were saying about with Peter Cushion when he's when he came back in Tales from the Crypts, mm. yeah. and he's just stalking through the room and yeah. stuff like that. You do get those. And also with that magician story, that rope had the X factor. That rope had charisma. It was a very good one. <laughs> I love his little face. His little, his little rope stuff. Yeah. the end of a rope? It's like a, a, a thing, isn't it? It's called butt. Is it? No, I don't know. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> you say it with such confidence. <laughs> I know. That's, that's how she does a lot of things, to be honest with you. I think that's the thing, though. You know, as, as both Chris and Claire said, I think that's part of the beauty of the anthology is because it's in and out so quickly, it mm. doesn't have any filler. So it's like, right, mm. this is what happens. This is what the guy in that room witnesses. We're not going to try and explain it to try and fill out for time or whatever. That's what mm. he sees. That's all you're going to see. And they just cut it. And, and because yeah. it's a short story, you don't mm. question it too much. Because before you've even had time to process it, you're back into the next story and it's all <laughs> just left behind. Um mm. Yeah, and that's why they work so brilliantly. You don't overthink anything. You don't have to yeah. over over explain anything. It's just in, it's out. That's what the people involved saw, and it's done. I think that's, yeah, we've said it loads of times on the show, but horror works better in brevity. Yeah. Uh, you no. know, there are there are exceptions to that, but I think I think it's interesting that there are very few three-hour epic horror films mm. you might get you might get a two-hour job or say i think midsummer's like two hours 20 or something like that yeah but you've never encountered one that is running like like dunkirk or one of those films where they're just yeah. like these three-hour slabs of cinema yeah because mm. i just don't think anyone's got i don't think anyone's 
got the ability to do it. I just, it, you know, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Much of the same way as I'd be worried. I'd be worried about a three-hour comedy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do we have the ability to make a, a an anthology podcast? I think we should. We yeah. just, Mate, I think we kind of are, are anyway. Yeah, yeah, we have carried a shitload of them, and we still yeah. have a load of them more on the uh, on the agenda. So, and don't panic. It won't be long till the next one's up. There's, <laughs> well, there's, and I keep the, that's the thing as well is I keep forgetting because in my head is like as soon as someone says uh, like anthology or portmanteau, I'm immediately it's immediately amicus and the few dotted around amicus, but there is a huge swathe of them in the 90s and 80s. See, I was going to say, the is, there, is there a like, modern... Because yeah. um, we watched um, Tales from the Hood 2. Yeah, which was, was very recent. That was recent. Yeah. Now, did, is, is that horror, then? Yeah. Tales yeah. from the Hood is... I mean, yeah. I know you talked to just not, it. The second one's just not all that. It's not as good. Mm. It's not as good as okay. the first one. is very, very good. Um. But funnily enough, there was one that suddenly popped into my mm. head the other day. It was Southbound. Yes. Is it South, Southbound? It's not Southbound Tales, is it? No, no. It's, it's just South. Southbound. Which, and that is a great one. And again, it's like one that's very um, sort of flown under the radar a bit. Because a lot, a lot of them do. And like we said, there's a lot of them where nowadays they tend to do it as like, oh, we can showcase four directors. Hmm. Yeah, you know, which is which works fine. Dead of Night is the perfect example of that, mm. but it isn't always it isn't always the best the best way. And then you got Spirits it, of the Dead. Close with that film, and the problem with having different directors is they've got very different pacing and very different styles, and it can be quite jarring to go from one to another. Mm-hmm. Um, Was that the one you watch um, where it had the bloke? Having sex with his dad. No, that was that was the short film that was from the bloke who did oh. uh, Midsummer. Oh yeah, and Hereditary. Yeah, so, yeah, no. That we just watched all his We just watched all his short films in one yeah. big big. I remember you saying about those actually when we did yeah. Midsummer. I think it was. But I th- I think also you've got um, in a weird way sometimes it can be like you've got a group of directors or a group of directors who get brought together, but they may not have a complementary style. Mm. It's like, it's like certain, certain record labels can release compilations and you're going to be happy with everything you get on there because they are like a heavy drum and bass label or there. But if you get some, like if you were to do, I don't know, like even sort of factory or, creation or someone like that it'd be like oh yeah i absolutely love primal scream i'll listen to that oh fuck oasis is on there i want to step yeah. myself so you know. is there are there any compilation albums that don't have oasis on <laughs> i think that, I, I think there's a i think there's a scar and narco punk mm. uh album that's specifically from bands from ethiopia yeah. And I think Liam's just on one track. Yeah. So yeah. It's just his solo project. It's just his solo project on there, yeah. Solo okay. project on the basis that he's managed to alienate all his friends and family. Mm. 
So I did buy. There was a, a, a compilation album by Doc Martins came out in the mid nineties. Unlaced. Um, yes, it was Doc Martins yes. unlaced. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that. and that was fantastic. It was pulp and Radiohead. Like, oh, it had so much cool indie shit on it. But that yeah. must have had Oasis because it was indie yeah. shit in the 90s. It must have been on there. Yeah. But you've just reminded me. I've listened to a compilation album in forever. Shit, that mm. was a good, that good album. But then on the other hand, you can have a compilation album, although it's to do with the film. Something like Train Spotting really fucking coheres, even mm. though it's tracks taken from... Yeah, you know, genre. loads of different eras and genres and stuff like that. Mm. And it's like there's Spirits of the Dead, which does it, which is basically they just got all the posh Italian directors to do a film. And the first two are really good. And then the last one's absolutely brilliant. But it's so utterly alien to the first two. Mm. But as a but as a whole, it, kind of, it does actually work. Yeah. So, so would the transporting one work if you hadn't seen the film? I would argue yes. I think it's just mm, good okay. enough, sort of, because it doesn't. It does bear relation to the film, and you know where all the tracks come from yeah. if you've seen the film. But equally, I, I don't think you think, still could. Mm. Yeah, you could still stick it on, and I don't. I don't think people would question it till you were like midway through, okay. like sort of. What What are we listening to? Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, it's funny you say that because yesterday, for the first time, I bought um, Baby Driver on Blu-ray and we hadn't watched it. Mm. Uh, and then yesterday, it was Boxing Day. We wanted something slightly got... exciting to watch. Focus, Baby Driver. It has got Hocus Pocus by Hocus Focus. Pocus by Focus. That's it. Um, but yeah, then it's got loads of like uh, old funk stuff on there. And yeah, and I was thinking, do you know what? A lot of this is stuff that I wouldn't normally just listen to, but. Mm. It just sounds incredible, and it, it it's an exceptionally good soundtrack to a film. So I think I would possibly listen to that in the car, but I might drive like an idiot. Yeah, I mean, I think. Oh, incidentally, just that's brought up to the fact that for Christmas, Claire's dad got me a thirteen-disc Hocus um, Focus compilation, like not compilation, uh, collection. like collection. Oh, so that's all shit. the albums, all the live shit, <laughs> and yeah, 13 discs, which proves not only does Claire's dad get me, I think, uh, he also, they also apparently both Claire and her mum had to fight him to stop him from opening it and burning all the discs for himself. <laughs> um, well, no, because dad called me and said, Claire, do you think Adam would mind? And uh, like, if I if I burnt the discs, and I was like, "Well, just fucking wait. You've only got to wait a couple of weeks till." Yeah. And he went, "That's what your man said." And I was like, "Well, why are you asking me? Why are you a special phone call?" Would Adam ask the same thing the other way round? That's exactly what. That's Chris. Do need to clarify though, Adam. You have seen Baby Driver, haven't you? No. I have not seen Baby Driver. <laughs> right. Now, this isn't horror, but shitting hell. So it's it's an action movie. Oh, I, I know the I know the story of it and everything, but yeah, yeah. no, I just haven't seen it yet. And the so. sound, like, honestly, you would love it. It's funk. The whole I have got the soundtrack. Is on there. <laughs> yeah. And do you know what? Why are we not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> 
There, we've just had the wraparound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've had the wrap- also, it's astonishing. Like, it, it, everything they... So Edgar Wright films it happening mm. with the song. So whenever there's mm. beats in the song, things are happening. So whether it's people yeah, firing guns or their footsteps as they're running or the way he's driving, like everything happens along with the music that's, that's happening. That's it, just like Rick Grimm for a Dream. <laughs> <laughs> Except I didn't want to shoot yeah. myself in the face 20 minutes in. <laughs> and, and perhaps and less contrived. Did you, know that, did you know they hadn't cleared... Like there was, I can't remember what it is, but there's one song they hadn't cleared, mm. and they assumed they were going to get it, and then the people, like they basically got blackmailed on it and had to stump up the extra money because they were like, "Shit, if we can't have this song, we've just the whole we've film edited is... this, yeah, we've mm. edited this yeah. within an inch of its life, <laughs> and now we would have to think." Basically, it was like. Not only have we, we've got to cut this to an entirely different song, we might have to refilm this. I'd like to, to know who that band are and entirely boycott the shit out of them because <laughs> it's such a great film. That's mm. a horrible thing to do. It's someone like Edgar Wright as well. Like, this isn't some shithead who treats everyone like dirt. It's Edgar Wright. Like, what a lovely guy he is. But it's, pro- it's probably, yeah, but I, I, you'll find it's whichever band is doing the worst yeah. I, I guarantee it. it won't be like a popular band on there it will be someone who's like well I could squeeze a few more quid out of this royalty check yeah. and um, be right yeah and They're I have vague. to say I'm I'm winning because what did my dad get you for Christmas fuck all so there we go are you talking to me yes your dad's been dead for several years I know but still you didn't get if you got me something, I'd be really scared. <laughs> I would be more scared by that if there yeah, was a gift delivery. If you're listening, I don't I think, want. I think I think you should have done that. that. <laughs> um, before we move on too far, I've got to say that um, Hocus Pocus by Focus is also in Trolls Two. Did you? <laughs> it it stood out when they were watching it. I was like, hold on, I recognise that. What's that doing in this film? And, and so, yeah. <laughs> I think you should watch that one day with Ted and see if you like it. I thought it was pretty good. Oh, Trolls 2, not Trolls, Trolls. 2. No, no, no. No, no, not Trolls <laughs> no. I was going to say, is that where they're We've gone well way? off the horror, the, the horror <laughs> theme here. <laughs> yeah. I was that, that is one to mix up. that's not... Fucking Ponyo. I've, I love the Geek Bee films so much. Today we've watched Ponyo four t- three, three times and Totoro two times. It's all oh, we really? want to watch. Mm. Yeah. Wants to watch. He, re- he really loves them, but you really... The trouble is, is that I am, you know, not, not the chirpiest of chappies at the best of times. And by the third watching, I'm actually becoming quite aggressive <laughs> about the children in my neighbour Totoro. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, mate, just shut up and stop whining. For fuck's sake, mate, come on. So, Especially because Ted this... then runs around going, mate! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, trying, he's trying to help her out and I'm thinking, let her drown. Oh. Well, it's not her slip. Anyway, it. that's enough for the studio. So were, the, were these up? the same made that made Howl's Moving Castle? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think um, I should watch some more of them. You need to watch them all. Maybe mm. not with the kids. Well, no, I'd, I'd made that mistake with Spirited Away and it, it was a little bit... Yeah. Is, is, is absolutely right. fine. Mm. Um, and 
I'm pretty sure Ponyo would be okay. There's a little bit where he's lost from his mum that's a bit upsetting, but mm. uh, Totoro would be absolutely yeah, fine. Okay. Totoro, Totoro is a film that makes you realise that Disney yeah. was mm. sadists. Because <laughs> every, every, every so often there's a bit in that film where you're like, Oh right, so that so that person's gonna die, aren't they? No. Oh yeah. Oh what? So the da- right, the dad's dead then, isn't it? No. Oh. Oh, he's just like have to do bus. that. <laughs> yeah. You. It's like yeah. You watch it and it's like it's you're so used to Disney mm. where you think right at some point something fucking awful's got to happen and it's like no actually it's just a nice story about a family moving <laughs> to a, a rural area and meeting the spirits of the forest. Mm. Yeah, Spirited away, on the other hand, turns up fuck? that's really a cat. Because yeah, why the fuck not? <laughs> oh, that is that is my favourite thing at the moment. Is Ted excitedly hopping around the room, going cat bus? <laughs> well, I'm glad he hasn't spotted yet. Is the cat bus has got bollards, big old balls, big old hairy balls. Either that or it's the brake pads. I'm not sure. <laughs> right, so. <laughs> on that note, on, on that note, of on that note um, so we will be back next week, as we mentioned previously, uh, for the Moss Eisley Happy Hour. So we'll be covering Phantom Menace. Um, so for any listeners who will not be enduring that um, and are going to jump straight to the next horror episode, um, Adam, we, we've got a, we should probably have discussed this previously, but we haven't. So bollocks, let's do yeah. Um, I was thinking maybe Scream. Why not? Uh, bring it up today. It's good fun. It's a it's a slasher movie which we haven't covered a lot of. It is more contemporary. Um, yeah, and we well, twenty five years old, but yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, but compared to Amicus, it's contemporary. Oh, so compared to Amicus, yeah, we, we're we're actually compared you know, to us old farts. I I can name people in the cast of Scream who are still working today, let alone still alive. Exactly. So, yeah, so, that's, that's definitely a good one. Um, yeah, so we will be covering Scream on the next episode of Welcome to Horror, which will be in a fortnight. Um, thanks very much for joining us this evening, Claire. Yes. Um, Thank you always for lovely having to have you. We look forward to the next um, one. Yours. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what when, I did. When, <laughs> when, when Lee just it. decides you're going to join us next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, think it's, I think that's the thing. Like, when we cover episodes and I go, oh, so-and-so would like that, <laughs> that's kind of when it springs in my mind. I'm like, oh. But, yeah, you're always more than welcome to join us, Claire. Uh, yeah. Oh, like, so, <clears throat> so if we cover something and you watch it and you really enjoy it, then, yeah, totally come and tell oh, us about I would it. Thank you. I would definitely do that. I'll be joining you again soon. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> cool. Right. Thanks ever so much for listening, everybody. Uh, and we will see you next week for the first episode of Moss Eisley Happy Hour. Good night. Good night.